This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by SeaGiant.com. For all your ticketing needs, go to www.seagiant.com. Never ever a fake ticket sold. All tickets are vetted and a 100% guaranteed is offered to every buyer. Always buy it with confidence on SeaGiant.com. Just for listening to the Morning Skate, go to SeaGiant.com and use discount Morning Skate M O R N I N G S K A T E at checkout to save a bunch of money. Sports tickets, concert tickets, go to www.seatgiant.com and use discount code MORNINGSKATE to save. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, Sunday, November 26th. The boys are back from Thanksgiving. It's Cat and Hal here. Hal, say what's up. How's it going, man? Before we get into this week's podcast, I have a very serious thing. I want to announce that I'm retiring from refing hockey. Uh, I'm, I'm just, to be honest with you, I'm just kind of over it. Last week we had a beer league game where uh, a guy on the other team, he played pro, he like played D1 at RPI. Uh, tells a kid on our team that he's going to take a slap shot at him. Uh, then there's a whistle, and then new face all comes back. They win the puck back to this kid, and he just fires the slap shot at our guy. And the ref was there the whole time, saw the whole thing, didn't call anything, and it, it took off from there. And uh, it happens. I'm over it. It is what it is. Uh, moving on. So, yeah, I've retired from refing. I'm just kind of over that shit. Uh what, do you have anything for that? I mean, I know refs take a lot of shit, and, like, I'm normally very respectful if they call the game the right way and shit like that, but when you miss somebody shooting a puck at somebody else, I think that's just kind of like, you know what, I don't want to be associated with you. I just think it's like, uh, you were living a lie a little bit. Like, you can put on the uniform, but, like, deep down inside, you were never a ref. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just kind of, you're, you're coming out as a not ref to the ref union. I mean, good for you. You stuck to your guns, you know. You continued to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, you stood up for your teammate. You probably crossed a couple of lines. <laughs> but you gained some respect in the locker room, and you lost a job. So overall, I'd say it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, like, for the good refs out there, and for a lot of the beer league refs, like, I understand, like, it kind of sucks going to ref a beer league game because you're just going to get tripped the whole time. And normally, like, I'll give a what the fuck or, like, what are you doing kind of thing. Not too much, but, like, when a kid, like, on purpose, deliberately, I mean, dude, the guy, the guy played pro. He knew exactly what he was doing. Shoots a pocket at another kid. After he tells the kid he's going to do it and the ref's standing right there and they don't do anything, I'm just kind of over it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's not okay. All right, so we're going to move on. Uh, let's go to NHL in the news.
Alright, first thing on NHL the news this week. We talked about it a little bit last week, and as soon as we finished the podcast, Rakko Gugas got suspended 10 games. What do you got on this guy just fucking going balls out? I mean, we already talked about it, so what do you think about 10 games? Is that enough? Yeah, I think so. I mean, <sighs> Peros wants to get rid of stick infractions, so I guess this was like kind of like a cakewalk for him. I mean, because of Gudis's like past reputation, you think he probably could have gotten more. I personally, I mean, it's so I like I've watched it like fifteen times after with that last podcast, and like it's a little more vicious than I thought originally. Originally, I thought it was like a love tap. It was definitely like a play for decapitation. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't know. I I would say it's fair. Ten games, I think, was actually a pretty fair number, and I think Paros so far thumbs up. Has there been any controversy about Paros so far? <clears throat> I mean, uh. Who Stamkos got fined? Kevin Hayes got fined for squirting water bottles. Uh, I think there's been like maybe one or two other suspensions, so it really hasn't been like that hectic. I, I agree with you. I think ten, I think ten's good. Fifteen would have been all right. Anything over fifteen would have been like all right, chill out. And anything under ten would be like, did you just see what I just watched? So I th- I think he kind of nailed it in that sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like the funny thing is though, I feel like most people when they get suspended, they're upset because they're losing pay. But I think Rakos. Gudis is kind of like a uh, like a bully in middle school where when he gets suspended from school for ten days, like he's pumped up, he's going home, he's doing whatever he wants. Yeah, and Racco's probably just sitting in his basement like, uh, <laughs> what movie is that? Like the guy in Billy Madison with the lipstick, yeah. <laughs> victim crossing off names on the people who did him wrong. So, I I would I mean we're gonna get to a fun little thing where it's like a thirty for thirty on what we'd want to do in the NHL, what we want to follow. I think. Like twenty four seven coverage of Racco Gudis on suspension would be right up there. Yeah, that would be pretty good. And it, I mean, the NHL Network's kind of struggling with putting shit on TV right now. They usually have like free agent friends. It'd be kind of cool if they just were like, "Oh, hey, Racco, we're gonna we're gonna chill you for a little bit." That'd be pretty fun. Um, all right, mo- moving on. Racco Gudis, you're fucking crazy. Uh, Kevin Piazza back in the news with another hockey fight. Uh, who's he fighting? When he when he uh, won punch. Oh, him. you just threw me under the bus, Stevie. I'll look it up while we're talking, but continue. Somebody on the Kings, I'm pretty sure. Uh, kind of goes in. Normally, you punch uh, off of one foot. He ends up punching off the other foot. Down he goes. See you later. Bye. Uh, Kevin Bx is tearing up the uh, the fighting circuit of the NHL this year. I mean, we've said this before. He's the first guy I trade for and put him on my third pair in NHL. So, uh, I mean, Anderoff. Yeah. That sucks to get hit like that and then, like, try to pop back up and the refs are already in the way and Kevin BX just gained to the box. There's nothing really you can do after that. Yeah, I mean, it was a Superman punch again, but I would say I don't think it was, like, as violent in, like, jumping off. Like, he did leap, but it wasn't, like, it just seemed like he was trying to get some power behind that punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. As as a, as a, as a NHL player like how do you adjust to this now you know kevin bx is leaving his feet going for punches do you wait for him to like go to punch and then just throw a kick uh i think you either have to one tie him up or two just not fight him i think that would be my thing <laughs> i think um I, I always pretend if i was an nhl player i would be game to fight people but if i saw bx i'd be like you know what dude I've seen your move. I don't think I could stop it. I'm not going to do this. I, I know what's coming. He's like Mariano Rivera of like hockey fights. Like You know there's one thing coming and there's yeah. just nothing you can do about there's it. one pitch. And the, and the thing is, too, I bet you there's guys out there probably like the first time. Or, I mean, it happened in the past, but like it had been so long. But I bet you there's guys now who their thought process is like, I'm just not going to go through with that. 
Yeah. Why put yourself through that? So. I wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. Either grab on or just be like, all right, Kevin, you're you're stronger than I am. Um, Riley Cote, back in the news for some pot. Uh, he thinks that the NHL should embrace the weed game because it gives players like a chance to kind of like collect their thoughts, pain management, uh, stuff like that. This isn't the first time he's been in the news for this. Back in 2013, he tried to make sure that you could grow hemp for America. Uh, Riley Cote, man, big weed guy. What do you got on this? I mean, you can just see it if you look at him. He's got the T-shirts. He's kind of got like an Ed Hardy collection, I feel like. He's got the grease back hair. Six sleeve of tattoos. He's a tough guy. I bet you he probably does like the split thing, like the half tobacco, and he probably just walks around town tossing those around. I mean, I... In theory, I think it's an awesome idea. Like, if the legalization like is happening in Canada and it's starting to happen in different states here, I think it would be kind of groundbreaking stuff. Um, I know, like the NFL and NBA, you get tested for it, but like at the end of the day, like um, so many dudes struggle with opiate addictions and all that stuff, and you see guys like Rip and all those guys have gotten addicted to painkillers. I mean, if if they can just you know. <laughs> rip a doobie out like when they have a concussion instead of like putting all this medicine in them that's going to get them hooked on other stuff lead them down a dangerous road it seems like a no-brainer to me especially if it's legal in those areas like do you agree i think i think it's a smart move and i think if the nhl does that all the other leagues are going to kind of have to take notice i mean i don't think like if you sprain your ankle they should be like all right we're going to give you some maybe like two quarters of some good Blueberry Easters from British Columbia, but like I, I feel like if you're concussed and you're on the IR for a while, I think that should totally be in play. Yeah, man. I so think, I think it was a good article. Yeah, I think other than like popping oxys, I'd much rather just you know rip one out of a bowl or like an apple. <laughs> little throwback. Uh, yeah, Riley Cote. Least shocking news of the day that he's a big weed guy. So, uh, pop- and, and I think it snuck in there too that he said other players in the NHL do it. So now it just makes me think which one of these guys like. Uh, which one of these guys are hitting the devil's lettuce after the game? Definitely Joe Thorin, recreationally. Yeah, Just hanging yeah, out. For sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Brian Gian. Oh, wait. Rookie debate heating up. Uh, Barzell and. God damn, I don't know. I think it's Bozier, but it's definitely not. Is it Bosser? Bosser? I think it's Bozier. I think you're right. I don't know how to say it either. I hear it all the time. Well, they both have uh, 23 points, 21 points. Uh, they have more points than Matthews did 25 games in. I think the Vancouver kid, however you want to pronounce his name, I think that kid's going to be pretty fucking good. And Barzell, I mean, there was a clip of him earlier this year just taking the puck going end-to-end, and he was just like, see you later. It was kind of like he was the best player at like an open hockey skate, and he was just kind of wheeling around when not even being touched. Uh, kind of cool to see that rookie class. I mean, you have Clayton Keller, who's still really fucking good. So, uh, what, I mean, what do you have on these two guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both good. I I think it's a good. I think it's a good uh, crop of rookies. I wanted to talk about this just because, you know, there's McDavid two years ago, Awesome Matthews last year, but I think this year, uh, it's not really like we have that one star stud, but instead, I think it's a really solid class all the way around. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. You got Barzell and uh, Bowser. I mean, they're both tearing it up. I mean, Barzell plays on a pretty skilled line. I think he's got Eberle on his line, so that's kind of like. You're going to get some points there. I know you're going to talk about Eberle later. Um, I I think Bozer's becoming like the guy in Vancouver, which is awesome. People thought that was going to be Bo Horvat, but uh, this rookie, I mean, he's really unbelievable. He's got a great shot. Uh, and then you also, you're right, Clayton Keller and my boy Charlie McAvoy. Mm-hmm. putting up like 23 minutes a game. He's a stud right now. 
had an unreal goal in the shootout in like the 11th round. I was calling it. I was sitting at the bar for that game, and I was like, just put McAvoy up. So, I mean, four, those are four good rookies. I think those are the four rookies that are going to lead the way in the caller voting. Uh, who do you think is going to win out of those four? Um, I mean, honestly, most valuable to your team, I would say, would probably be your boy McAvoy. But I just, I mean, how many times has a uh, rookie of the year been a defenseman? I don't really think that happens that often. I think it's probably going to go Eric play. Jackman. I think like I think <laughs> I think Clayton Keller's got it on wrap. I think if he keeps scoring all those goals, and I mean obviously it doesn't matter because he's playing for Arizona. Shout out Seth, but I, I mean I I would think Keller's probably gonna end up wrapping that up. But who knows? It's, I think it's either gonna be him or the Vancouver kid. Fair enough. Yeah, and and to put a little uh, actually a little topping on that for American listeners, Bozer's from Minnesota, McAvoy, Long Island, and I forget where Keller's from. I know he went to BU, but <coughs> Keller's an American too. Saint, so I mean Saint Louis, Americans. I think. What? I think he's from, is he, is he one of the kids that was on that St. Louis youth hockey team? Oh, uh, yeah, he was, you're right. He was one of those, like, seven St. Louis kids that were drafted in the first round. So, American hockey on the up and up, which is the perfect transition, and I'll just keep talking. Bullet. With all this American, you know, we got all these American young studs in the NHL, all these rookies, uh, and the Olympics are coming up, and we just found out 37-year-old Brian goddamn Gianta is the captain of Team USA Hockey. Rock Vegas, Rochester, New York, stand up. What do you have on this move? I mean, it's going to be a ragtag squad. We already know that. A bunch of AHLers, Europeans. I hope, I hope they go college route for some of the young guys in college. What do you got, what do you got on Brian Gianna leaving our country and saying that he wants to bring home gold for the U.S. of A.? So here's my thing. I know in some of the soccer championships, like, they play, and the team that finishes last doesn't get to play again. Is that the same in the Olympics? Do you know? Yeah. Because if that's the, I think if so. that's I think the case, I'm, relegated. if that's the case, I'm pretty – I would not be shocked if the United States aren't in the next Olympics considering that Brian Gianta is their captain. I mean, there, remember, there is South Korea. Brian Gianta is their captain. Are you not a Brian Gianta guy at all? I'm not a Rochester guy. I'm not a Rochester guy. Uh, I mean, I, I, good for him. That guy, he, he could have hung him up years ago, but now he, I think he's playing for the Rochester Americans, so he's just kind of that hometown boy still being around. Like, I mean, that's pretty much living the dream, right? Playing for your hometown like team, maybe being a little washed up, but still being like a huge part of that area. I think that's cool, but like, I mean, other than that, man, that's that's all I got there. Like, you're gonna have some European guys, you have some college guys. Canada's probably gonna be the same way, I would assume. So, Russia's gonna be fucking stacked. Uh, The Sweden's still gonna be pretty stacked. They have all those that Swedish elite league. Finland with the same thing. Czech with the same thing. So, I I mean, if the United States win two games, I think that's that's good enough for me. Fair enough. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, it sucks because, I mean, Brian Gianna did nothing wrong in this situation. I mean, he works hard. Yeah. He put up 35 points last year for the Sabres. I mean, he's really not that bad of a player, but it's just kind of depressing. Like, I should be getting pumped up for the Olympics. Um, Especially when they're starting to, to get go through another year of, like, Zach Parisi being Mr. America. I don't know why, but I have a problem with that guy. Uh, yeah, I... Um, I think my one hope is, like, I hope that USA actually brings in college kids like Middlestat, and uh, there's a couple other ones. If they could actually, yeah, I think it would be more fun if it was, like, half veteran grinders and then half college kids. But Hey, is that, that, that goalie up in Montreal is American, isn't he? That Lindgren kid? 
Yeah, he is, but I mean, he's playing in the NHL. So no, I, I know, I know, but that's kind of cool. I, I mean, we're talking Americans. I that kid came out of fucking nowhere, and he's playing great hockey. I mean, Carey Price just came back and had a shutout, but still, I mean, that that's kind of that made me pretty pumped that we have maybe a prospect for future if we ever go back. Yeah, for sure. He's uh, I think he he's like a Minnesota kid, but Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, he is a Minnesota kid, and his brother is a Bruins prospect, but. Yeah, good for him. I mean, I don't know. That was kind of a random shout-out right there. If we the want to do hockey. random shout-outs, and we're going totally off the wagon right now, uh, I was on HockeyFights.com today. Um, check, you, you mentioned the check in the check league. Some, do you know who had a nasty Ryan Holwig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a fight he had. Dude, he looks like a 70-year-old, like, ogre with, like, pure strength. He looks like, like Ryan Holwig, dude. With just, uh, he, with, he just doesn't care anymore. Like, he does it all. Giant I, beard. I think he's been, the flow. he's been doing PDs, I think. I mean, he looked huge. Like, he looked like me after, like, I go on a bender of, like, fast food for a week. I can barely fucking button up my tackles when I put them on, like, and he's just tossing guys around in the check league. So that was mad funny. Glad you saw that. But he can still throw, dude. And uh, fun fact about Hulk, he has a steel plate in his head, and apparently that thing's still working. So shout-out Holwig, one of my favorite Rangers of all time. I love that guy. Wait, wait, he has a steel plate in his head? Sure does. Okay, so Alexi Yemlin, who has been saying for years he can't fight because he has a steel plate in his head, Grow up, dude. Look at Holwig fucking grinding away and check. <laughs> Ryan Holwig and Alexi Emlin are two completely different animals, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. I'm glad you noticed that, too. Fucking awesome shot. I love Holwig. Uh, all right. Um, Vander Kane will be traded, says Elliot Friedman. That guy's pretty reputable, I would say. Uh, the Kings, the Jackets, the Flames, and the Lightning are the teams that were mentioned. If the Bruins or the Rangers were mentioned, is this a guy that you would want? Ah, uh, no, just because he kind of seems like a dick. Um, Fit right know, in I mean, into Boston, then. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind him just because he's a goal scorer. I think he's doing pretty well on a pretty terrible team this year. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you got to think Buffalo's going to be looking for a King's Ransom there with, like, at least a good prospects and some high-round picks. And he's up at the end of the year. And to me, Evander Kane, we talked about at the beginning of the year over the summer, He's got Vegas stamped on his forehead where he might sign there or some other team. I, I I just don't see Evander Kane being a guy who plays for a team at the trade deadline and like makes a run with them in the playoffs and like falls in love with it and he's like, I wanna stay here and I'll take a pay cut. I see Evander Kane being like, What terrible team's gonna give me the most money? So in that sense I would not touch him. What about you? Uh he's a great player. I if he yes, I, I agree he with you with player. I agree with you with Las Vegas. Just cause that, that makes sense. It makes so much sense. But let's say he did want to go to a team and, like, stay on a contending team. You have to make sure that you have some leadership around that guy. Otherwise, he's going to be off the fucking wagon. So if you look, the Kings, who locked their coach out of the locker room two years ago, the Blue Jackets with John Tortorella, that'd be hilarious. The Flames with Mark. That would be awesome, dude. Yeah, the the Flames with uh, Giordano as their captain, little Johnny Gaudreau. They, ha- they have Yager there. So, And then the Lightning uh, with... <laughs> With Steve Stamkos and Anton Strawman and JT Brown. So, uh, I mean, maybe the Flames because they'd have Yager there, but I feel like Vander Kane wouldn't give two shits about playing with Yager. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. You, you need you need a locker room, a good locker room around there. For for electricity's sake, I hope he goes to the Blue Jackets because him and Torch would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, and I, I think he would fit right in in the sense, like, he grinds. I mean, he hits, he fights, he scores. I mean, I think him, like, if – 
Can you imagine going up on a line that was like Felino, Dubinsky, and Evander Kane? That would suck. Yeah, I mean, skillful and they grind. I mean, I think he is a perfect fit for that system. I think John Tortorella would be on his ass, and I think for some reason, I think Evander Kane might actually flourish there. So I'm glad we agree. It'd be electric, and I think that'd be the best fit for him too. I mean, what what would the over under be of him getting in a fight with Brandon Dubinsky at practice? <laughs> probably, probably pretty high. But you know, Dubinsky's the type of guy that if he actually fought him, Dubinsky'd be like, "I respect this guy." <laughs> I know, right? Just, just all the time, he would just fight him just so he could tell the media that. Yeah. So, God, I loved Brandon Dubinsky. That guy doesn't get talked about enough. Every time I watch the Blue Jackets, like I never hear about him, and then the Bruins play the Blue Jackets, and Dubinsky's still out there just shutting down top lines, grinding away, getting some points in. I mean, great player. Awesome player. Yeah, I love Doobie. He doesn't score too many goals. I think that's kind of why, but great player. Uh, then lastly, the Rangers and the Sabres came out with their Winter Classic jerseys. What are your thoughts on this? I saw a bunch of Rangers fans being, like, really pissed off. I think of all the outdoor games that they've had, I kind of like the ones that they wore against the Flyers in that, like, uh, the tannish kind of color. But, dude, I think these are way better than the Stadium Series jerseys. Um... I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna pull them up right now because I've kind of forgotten. Um, <coughs> yeah, I don't. I never watched the stadium series. Oh, here they are. Yeah, my only problem with this, and I like never really understood it because it seems like the Rangers constantly fucking do this. Is why do they always go for that like? Uh, oh God, oh. They always go for that like patchy look where like the A like Zook's A when he was taking those photos. Yeah, that's uh, dumb. And then like the other that. ones are their numbers, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I just don't know why they patch it up like this. I don't know if that's like the old style and they're like a tribute to the past or whatever. I think it looks kind of stupid. I think uh, I think the Sabres jerseys look great. They kind of kept it somewhat similar to their last stadium game uh, with Pittsburgh. Looks pretty similar, and I'm all in on those. But what do you think on the – so you like the Rangers? I like the Rangers. I, if the Rangers did anything different to make them better, maybe they incorporated Lady Liberty. I love those jerseys. That would have been kind of cool if they played that. I think the Sabres jerseys are fucking fire. I think those are like – some sick ass fucking jerseys. Uh, they have the all the colors kind of pop how they're supposed to. That'd be a jersey where if they wore that every game, it'd be like wow. I mean that I, I think they're just top notch. I I also have to add. I, I'm sure you saw this. You probably loved it. I, I the commercial. There's a commercial that came out where there's the Ranger of kids playing street oh, hockey. Oh, yeah. The one kid doesn't have a jersey, and then Matt Zuccarello's like, "Here, take my jersey and go play, and we'll go." Two on two. Like, I was like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, I mean, that sucks, but I look at it in a case that the Rangers aren't going to deal somebody that they're going to put up for a Winter Classic like commercial. So I think Zook is pretty safe on the Rangers for a while, so that made me feel good. Yeah, I mean, at least the Rangers are realizing that Zook's their fan favorite and they're starting to really market him. He got the A, too. So, I mean, he's there to stay, which is nice for sure, but it's just kind of cheesy ass commercial. Scored the overtime winner the other night, too. He's a great player. Uh, moving on. I think we're just going to move past the next one because I, I don't want this to be an hour and a half long. Is that good with you? Yeah. Okay, so moving on, we're going to go into our voicemail. So every week, if you guys get a chance, you guys want to have questions asked, topics, rants, whatever, give us a call, 518-309-2595. That's 518-309-2595. And uh, this week, we had a couple questions from... Uh, actually, yeah. The let's, Patty yeah, let's call, yeah, that's what we're going to call it. We're going to start calling this the Pat Ballantyne Hotline. So without further ado... Hey, morning, Steve. This is Pat Valentine here, just a long-time listener. Got a few questions for you. I'm going to round them up. Question number one, if you went to an NHL game, what type of fan would you be? Would you be loud? Would you be quiet? Would you be really into the game and not talk to anyone? 
can just keep drinking beers no matter what is going on. Alright, second one. If you have... We're going to pause it there. We'll answer it. We'll, we'll go question by question. So his first question is, if you went to a hockey game, what kind of fan would you be? And I think this depends 100% on who you're with. I think if you're with your old man, it's kind of a laid-back, cool, calm collective. You're, you're pounding some beers. You may get a little rambunctious when your team scores or there's a fight, but you're kind of like overall in like good spirits. If, we're, if you're with like your, your loved one, like your girlfriend, or if you're a girl, if you're with your boyfriend, I feel like you really have to dial it back quite a bit. Um that's just kind of like, oh, yeah, but it, like in the back of your mind or like on your phone, you're tweeting out your actual thoughts. And then third one, if, if you're with your best friends pounding beers, I'm going to be the most obnoxious person in that fucking place, 100%. Especially like if the Rangers are playing the Bruins or something like that, I'd be in your grill the entire time. So what do you got on that? Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm a pretty quiet fan, I'd say. I don't really like uh, – I hate when like the noise meter tells me to get loud or – I don't really scream anything. Um, I'm usually very hammered. I murmur stuff under my breath. The only time I ever really talk is when someone's pissing me off and I say something sarcastic to whoever I'm with. Like, not like a player pissing me off, but like a fan near me. Uh, but honestly, I, I go I go the silent route. I think sometimes it's better to be lost in your own head in between pucks. Like, I go to a lot of games with my dad. I'll talk to my dad in, in between plays. But other than that, I'm pretty silent. A uh, goal scored. I'm a pretty simple guy. I get up. I'll get, usually give a fist bump. Don't try to give me a high five. I'm probably not going to give you one right back. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think we differ a little bit. I mean, you're right. It does depend. If I'm with my friends, I don't know if I would do that at a, like a Bruins game because I'm a Bruins fan. But if I was at like, I don't know, like a Carolina Islanders game, I'd probably just be ruthless. But for the most part, if I'm there to enjoy the game, then I'm just tuned into the game. All right, fair enough. Uh, second question from Patty. What is your favorite video? game by NHL out of any year, like soundtrack, graphics, all that junk. Oh. All right, then my last question. All right, so favorite NHL video game. I'm going to go with two of them. I like the one where the soundtrack uh, is your eyes are the size of the moon, the panic at the disco, or uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Soundtrack-wise, I like that one, and then... I like the NHL video game the year. It was a couple years ago. Do you know how they just came into that new age, like, skating thing? Like, yeah. a couple years ago? I like the one before that. Before that, that was fun. When you added the new skating thing, like, I was never a huge fan of that. It kind of took away from me scoring 40 goals against BizDev Dale. So, a couple years ago, that may have been NHL 14 or 15. That would have been mine. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. I, I wish I had heard it before. I mean... I would say out of the NHLs, obviously NHL 94 is a classic. I think most people had that on uh, PS, whatever. Or not PS, PC on your old computer back in the day. NHL 03, for some reason, is a classic that stands out to me. No idea why. I think that's when I really got into like playing video games. Uh, Jerome McGinnell was on the cover. And I think it just had like... Like, NHL's, like, soundtrack, like, now they mix in, like, EDM and different stuff like of, like that. But back then, it was, like, System of the Down and, like, yeah. Drowning Pool and, like, just Papa Roach and stuff like that. Like, Thank you, best, dude. Yeah, like, that's, those are the games I love. So, I think the 2000s are really the prime for it. I don't have as much of a problem with the skating nowadays, but, yeah, I, I would go, I would go 03. Although, I like <laughs> some features they add into the game this year. I can fuck around with the expansion teams and whatnot because I'm a loser. All right, fair enough. And then his last... He has two more, actually. 
Would you say minor league hockey can be sad hockey? Like, meaning, all right, this is just one or two steps below the big leagues, but it's sad hockey because, well, it just can be sad most of the time. All right. Okay, pass. And also one last one. If you had to pick a college hockey game to be a rivalry, let's say either Minnesota versus Wisconsin or Michigan versus Michigan State, or BC versus BU. Which one you pick? Alright, thanks. Take care. Bye, guys. Um, I'm going to pick one that's not on that list. A couple years ago, RPI played Union. And after the game, the coaches like got into an actual like fight, fist fight. Um, if I could pick like a rivalry to go to and something like that were to happen, I'd take the hometown boys. I thought that was fucking awesome, turning on like 10 o'clock news and seeing the head coach of Union and the head coach of RPI like literally fighting each other. I thought that was awesome. So I'm going to go home, hometown discount there. Hey, I'll go hometown up here. UMaine UNH, baby, all day, every day. UMaine sucks nowadays. Actually, have a little bit of a bounce back here right now. Red Gendron, shout out. I mean, it's just fun up north. You've got the two northern states. People always talk about BU, BC, and hockey's. Can't forget about the northern schools. UMaine beat UNH the '99 championship game, but it's just a rowdy ass game. I mean, it's funny because this is just going to be a biased thing. Because no matter where you go, you're going to find anyone saying that their college rivalry is the best. And honestly, college hockey rivalries are awesome. They don't get enough love. So, you, you, uh, Michigan versus Michigan State back when Tory Krug was on it when they were in the Big House. That was pretty sick too. So those schools throw down as well. Yeah, no, that's sick. Uh, Pat, thanks for calling in again. If you guys want to call in, it's five one eight three zero nine two five nine five. Ask us a question. Give us something to talk about. Whatever you guys want. Uh, we had some guy. Blast off on Twitter, and he wanted us to let him know why are the Florida Panthers not playing Alex Petrovic? This is from at Jet Blast Five Hundred with a hashtag Fee Petro. I guess he hasn't played in the last ten games or something like that. Petrovic's a pretty good player. I'm not entirely sure what the fuck they're doing down there. Yeah, I mean, long. I mean, I don't know the scenario com- completely. I know the coach came out and said that their D, he's been really happy with their D. Their defensive core, I think, is like the second-worst defensive core in the NHL this year, so that's kind of a tough look. I think Petrovic played a lot of tough minutes last year. I think it comes down to coach. I think it just comes down to management, kind of like AV up there. Yeah. And it also comes down to like one of my least favorite things. It's the persecution of the defensive defenseman in today's NHL game. <laughs> for some reason, GMs just don't think there's room for it. Petrovic, I mean, he shuts guys down. Uh, he's solid. He's got a good first pass. I mean, let the guy play. I, th- I think he should be playing for them. And it's crazy, too, to think about because they actually protected him on the expansion over, like, Marcia So and Riley Smith and other guys. So if they weren't going to play him and they knew he wasn't in the fold, like, they thought, like, he was a teeter player, why did they protect him? So Alex Petrovic should be playing for an NHL team, and it is pretty dumb. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. We appreciate that, Jet Blast 500. Um, all right, we're going to move on to our Dominic Moore's Hero and Zero. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Okay, Heroes and Zero of the Week. Hal, what do you got? Yeah, I don't really know if this is of the week. This is something I might have mentioned once before, but it, it just crossed like my mind when I because the Bruins are playing Edmonton today, and I just wanted to give a shout-out so people could be aware of this in the future. Connor McDavid, you know, the glory boy of the NHL right now, is 21st birthday, January 13th. Where did the NHL schedule him that night? Las Vegas. <laughs> and to top it off, the NHL is like, we like you so much, Connor McDavid, that we are going to give you six days off till your next game. So 
Shout out to the NHL. They're going to say that this is a coincidence. There is no way in the world that this is a coincidence. This is pampering to your league superstars' needs. And Connor McDavid, you are going to have the 21st birthday of your lifetime. I mean, that's unbelievable, right? Can you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty A+. plus. I, I, six days off, too, man. I'm sure their entire team's going to be going after it. He's going to be boozing with Milan, Lucic, and the boys. That, that'll be pretty fucking awesome. I'll give you that. Keep Cassian in the cage for that one because that night's going to go long. Yeah. Uh, my hero of the week goes to all, like, the uh, HL or, like, East Coast teams that are doing their teddy bear toss and, like, their special jersey nights. I'm kind of a fan of these. I like when they do the whole special jersey thing and the teddy bear toss. They're not the NHL. They don't have the same, like, fans that go to the game, so they have to kind of spice it up. And, I mean, they, they have awesome jerseys that come out. Um, I forget who the fuck it was. Like, the Walleyes or something are having a Star Wars night. Everybody's doing the teddy bear toss. We're actually going to a teddy bear toss this Saturday where we're going to film video behind the morning skate of the Adirondack Thunder, so head on a swivel for that video to be coming out. Um, yeah, I, I just think those things are fucking cool. What do, you, what do you like them? Do you not like them? Yeah, I like the teddy bear toss. The only problem I have with um, with the jerseys is it always seems to be like a nerdy theme. Like, I don't like Star Wars. I don't like Harry Potter. Like, give me something like a little bit cooler. Like, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm looking for out of that. But like, do you know what I mean? It just seems like they always pick kind of like douchey themes. Yeah, I get that. I mean, like Game of Thrones would be sick, but you're not a Game of Thrones guy, so like, I don't know what else. I mean, what I mean, what else could you do besides like pop culture and shit like that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Have they ever done, like, office jerseys where they have, like, Dwight's face on, like, the jersey or something? Or, like, the Meredith Palmer 5K raccoon fight diabetes jersey would be pretty fucking yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Who do you got for your zero? Uh, my zero is kind of us, in a sense, just because we've been ragging on Barclays, like, all year. And how, like, why would you want to play in the Barclays and the Islanders probably can't get up for a game? They're the only team in the NHL right now that hasn't lost at home in regulation. So, long live Jay-Z in the Barclays Center. Shout out to the Kia and the crowd. Shout out to the 13,000 hipsters and people that don't know why they're in that arena to watch a hockey game. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, it's working. Maybe they like playing where nobody goes, where it's not supposed to be a rink. But I, I don't know. I just hope that... For Islanders fans, they're kind of the losers of this too, because ownership might be like, "Well, we got such great home ice advantage right now. Why would we ever leave?" Yeah, I have two spin zones for this. One, they're playing for their future because if John Tavares isn't okay with playing in the in for the Islanders, their franchise is done for years. Uh, secondly, they're playing in a shitty rink. They played that shitty rink every single day. I think they're kind. Of, you're right. I think it's a home ice advantage. These other teams go to like they're playing in fucking legitimate NHL rinks, and then they go to the goddamn Barkley Center where it's probably, like, 500 degrees. There isn't ice in some spots. They probably have cones where, like, there's holes in the ice and shit like that. And, that I mean, that that would be my thing. I think that they're just kind of, they're they're playing, and they play there all the time, so, that, you know, it's knowing your rink. For sure. I got a, I got a bonus uh, zero of the week, too. It is myself, because I promised everyone in the Fantasy Hockey League that I'd follow it this year, and I... I think I still have Leon Dreisaitl on the IR from, like, the first week. I haven't been keeping up too much. After the first week, I uh, I had the most points in the league, and I sent out a group text to everybody letting them know that, and since then I have not checked my lineup once. So it took eight weeks for me to realize that I once again have failed at fantasy hockey. It's not over yet, man. We're going to have the same record after this week, which is embarrassing on my part, but maybe just start setting your lineups. Um, my zero of the week goes to Jordan Eberle and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this just came out. <coughs> The, the Ed, Ed, uh, Jordan Eberle, Edmonton Oilers. So this just came out. The Ed, 
The Edmonton media can be pretty brutal when your confidence goes, and this is a game you can't play if you don't have confidence, Eberle said. It's that simple. It's Edmonton Oilers and everything around it. When you read articles every day about how much you suck, it's tough. Ignore them. You can't, Eberle replied. It affects you, and I lost my confidence. The biggest thing for me since I got here with the Islanders is trying to get that back. Eberle, save me the fucking sob story, dude. You're a goddamn professional. Act like one. Like, grow, grow a fucking side of nuts and go out there and play hockey. Edmonton, stop fucking berating your players. That's simple. If you want players to come there and, and, like, play there, don't treat them like shit. So double zero to the week goes to both of those fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah, and that made me think, like, Edmonton and Toronto are pretty notorious for just being terrible places to play, and Montreal, too. Um, Toronto, like, people are acting like Toronto's all, like, pixie dust and fairy sticks. Like, I'm very curious to see what happens, like, I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if Matthews brings them a cup, but say, like, eight years from now, they still haven't won a Stanley Cup. Like, are they burning that city down? All of a sudden, is Austin Matthews no longer the chosen one? Are we going to be talking in the future about Austin Matthews not wanting to be in Toronto? Like, do you know what I mean? It, it just seems like those Canadian markets, those three in particular, like, just can't hold on to their pants when anything bad happens. Like, Boston's bad, New York is bad, Chicago's bad, like... The media gets on the players, but at the end of the day, there's other sports to escape to, whereas those three cities, it's like, figure it out. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It just seems tough. Like, I always dreamed growing up, like, I always thought it'd be so cool to play for a Canadian city, and Eberle is a puss in this situation, but, it, I mean, you're right. They need to lay off. Like, it takes a toll on guys, I'm sure. Like, Phil Kessel, Phaneuf, they all wanted out in Toronto. Like, how long till like, fan bases and media realize, mm, maybe we shouldn't be such dicks? No, yeah, I think so, too. And quick shout-out to Cousin Eddie. When this came out, Cousin Eddie immediately started trolling all the Oilers fans and then messaged me being like, I'm just kidding. I'm really just trying to piss him off. <laughs> so, so, so quick shout-out to him. Uh, all right, and without there, further ado, we are now going to do our three stars of the week. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. Okay, three stars this week. This is going to be a pretty simple one. I was thinking, I watched an ESPN 30 for 30 the other night on uh, Auburn, Alabama, and how the guy, the, the guy from Alabama called into a radio show and was like, yeah, just poison the trees down there at Auburn. Roll Todd. And then they immediately arrested him, and he, like, went to jail. And he, like, killed these, like, two prominent trees. And then they, like, <laughs> they interviewed the guy who's supposed to, like, run the trees there. And he was, like, crying. He's like, I don't know what to do. These trees are going to die. <laughs> so 30 for 30s. I fucking love 30 for 30. So my thing uh, this week is 30 for 30. What 30 for 30 would you want to see hockey-based? So my, uh, my third star goes to the 2007 <laughs> Buffalo Sabres fans. After a great year with Chris Jury, Scott Gomez, Maxime Afeniganov, and the whole crew, Buffalo is on top of the world ready to take hockey by storm. Hold on, not so fast. Chris Jury, Scott Gomez, or, or not Scott Gomez, Chris Jury and Danny Briere are now free agents, and they jump ship. See you later, bye. We have Bedlam in Buffalo. They haven't won a championship with the Bills. They got fucked by the Dallas Stars. What is popping off in Buffalo when both of those guys leave? I think a 30 for 30 behind those scenes, especially with Bill's Mafia and like how fucking weird Buffalo people are, I think that'd be A+. plus. Yeah, that would be great just to see. Yeah, just... I just like... Because it's like peak Buffalo. I lived in Buffalo for a little bit. Before every game, Buffalo is so pumped up and jacked up. And then Monday morning, it's just like everyone's so sad. So, like, just... 
just that off season going from that high of making those playoff runs to like just losing it all. Yeah, that would be a great one for sure. Just on the city of Buffalo, goddammit. Um, Who's your third star? Uh, my my third star. We've talked about this multiple times. Thirty for thirty, the night Kevin Hayes shit in the staircase. <laughs> just trying to figure out like what happened that night. Maybe even having a camera on him leaves the party, ends up in a staircase, poops himself. Star player gets suspended. Just following that whole saga. And him, just, him, like, like trying to cover it up the next day, like deleting text there, messages. If there was like security cameras and just like that walk of shame he made in the morning, like. Or, I mean, just, like, police footage of, like, maybe them finding him there. That would just be electric. Of a giant, like, 6'3 to 6'5, like, stud athlete in the middle of a stairwell just fucking letting on rip. With his stupid Dorchester accent, what'd I do? What'd I do? (laughs) But uh, but I'm Team Prez. (laughs) Kevin Hayes. All right, that was good. That was a good one. Uh, My second star goes to the Todd Bertuzzi... uh, Steve Moore incident. I think we've seen everybody's seen the Todd Bertuzzi thing, and like I think there are a couple little things out there, but I never really saw the hit that pissed everybody off with Moore on Nasland. And it would have been kind of cool to be in the locker room and seeing like what the players were saying before the game, after the game, leading up to the game. Todd Bertuzzi on the bench being like, "I'm gonna fucking kill this guy," having that happen, and then afterwards Bertuzzi just being like, "I don't know what happened." Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Bertuzzi just drinking a Corona at a bar. I, I, uh, I completely agree. Just because uh, I, because I'm sure too. Just thinking about like the players' perspectives. Can you imagine being on the Avalanche, going to the locker room after you like saw that. Like, I think that'd be a really well done thing too. And just like to see how John Moore's brother's doing. Because like I haven't heard from him. Like he's had a couple interviews, but like, yeah, that that's a really interesting one that I actually could get some like, some, like a serious touch of like. You know, like the downfalls of hockey. Yeah, because it was like it was like covered, but I don't think it was covered enough. And it may have been to the point where, like, oh hey, we don't really want to show the world like what's going on in our sport. Yeah, I'm like seeing like what Bertuzzi was doing for his big press conference, where he was like tearing up and stuff. If he had like ten beers pushed back, or like, <laughs> and he's just taking eye drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would be a good one. Uh, my second star would be. 1980 uh, Soviet Russian team. There's like a thousand documentaries on the Miracle on Ice. And like they've talked about like what happened to the team Russia and stuff. I want like a raw footage documentary of them like getting on the plane and then like touching down the motherland of Russia with like GoPros on shit and they get off the plane and just like the reaction. Like are people throwing stones at them? Like are they hiding from the military? Has the mob killed their family? Like just like... You know what I mean? Just, yeah. like, we, we hear about how, like, tough it was and, like, how they felt afterwards, but, like, the true story of what happened to those Russian guys. Like, not their stars. Think about, like, if you're, like, a fourth liner on that team, you got to end up, like, getting beat up by the town drunk when you get back. I think they kind of had one that was sort of like that with uh, Larry Onov was, like the, like, the main guy who, like, talked about it. It wasn't on the team, but, like, he kind of talked about, like, how it was like back then. But, like, you're right. Like, it, it was dialed back, and I'm sure there was a reason why it was dialed back. I would, like, pure raw footage of, like, what was happening with, like, subtitles. That's the only time I'd watch something with subtitles. Yeah, for sure. That would be a good one. Um, And my first star goes to, I would love just to see, like, the OHL, WHL, like, these young Canadian kids g- growing up, seeing what they have to go through, and then getting to junior and just seeing what it's like playing there. Like behind the scenes like banging billet moms or or going out fucking boozing with the boys like the pressure it takes on one kid if one kid's tough like i think that'd be kind of sick i'm really really surprised they don't do anything like that 
Yeah, no, I agree. I have like a, I have a weird affection, like love for the WHL. Just like, just to see like guys that are on Saskatoon or Red Deer, like Medicine Hat or Moose Jaw, like that's like hockey to me. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. playing the WHL, like that is hockey. Just like 18, 19 year olds trying to make it pro. Good old British Columbian and Albertan farm boys just throwing and then getting on the bus for 18 hours straight with the boys to go to the next game. Like, you're right. I think, I think they could easily do something like that. Like, I, they have like the Bruins documentary thing behind the B, but that's really just kind of like propaganda for the organization. But if they did it right with like Canadian junior hockey, kind of like uh, oh, last chance you mm-hmm. for the pro football, I think that'd be awesome. So I'm all there with you. That'd be I think, sick. I think maybe they don't do it because I, I feel like probably a lot of really fucked up shit happens during the course of a fucking yeah. Canadian junior like year, you know, like Steve Downey, like hazing people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Giving kids wet willies and like swirlies and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, all right, <laughs> Steve Downey definitely gives wet willies. My number one star. Uh, just I think I was thinking about like the worst teams ever. I looked it up. Arguably the worst team ever it was the inaugural season for the San Jose Sharks, ninety two, ninety three. They went eleven seventy one and two. Their attendance for the year at home was 10,000 people a game. Uh, <laughs> they had guys on their team that were like minus 40. They had Archers Urbe on their squad with an 868 save percentage. I just. Where's Urbe from, know. like country wise? What? Where's he from? Uh, Lafayette, I think. Do you think the Lafayette team would beat that team? <sighs> no, I don't think so. But I mean, that team. Like, like, do you think Arthur Urbe is just like, yeah, I get to leave Latvia, like, I get to play real hockey, and then he goes and he just shows up to San Jose, and it's just like, well, this really isn't that much better. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I think it's interesting, just because, like, now you look at, like, the Vegas Golden Knights, and they have guys like James Neal on their team, and, like, David Perron, like, those are legitimate players, but to look back at those expansion teams that were just filled with guys that did not belong in the league... And it was a lot of them probably knew this was their one ch- shot to be in the show, but their one shot to be in the show was like to get dummied every single night. So just like following that, like I'm sure they, like sometimes when you're on a really bad team, and I'm sure you've been there, like sometimes those seasons can be the most fun because there's no pressure and you're just kind of living it up and like you got to get through somehow. So there's probably a ton of boozing and gambling going on. And I think that would be an awesome thing just to see like a really shitty team and what they go through. Not for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, that'd be fucking wild. Playing on a professional sports team where you play 82 games and you only win 11. That's tough. So that's a tough look. Like, I, I think at that point you, you even take off, like, uh, your Tinder profile picture of you being a professional hockey player and you just strict, like, you, you stay strictly, like, fishing. Or, like, like I don't play hockey for San Jose. Yeah, no, don't know that. I just live here. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right, yeah, that was that was our podcast this week. Uh, we had some fun. We're trying to get more uh, guests on. Uh, the Hanson brothers said they're going to come on, so I'm going to I'm going to annoy the hell out of them until they're they're a go. But uh, Hal, do you have anything left? Oh yeah, uh, Seth Seth from Arizona, like our our number one guy. We talk to sometime. I'm going to be in Phoenix for two weeks. Uh, I'm trying to catch a Coyotes game. Let a dude know. Maybe we'll get you on the podcast. Drink some beer. So Seth, hit up Hal. That'd be sick. I'm asking for it. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we will see. We will see you next week.